the great I am. And we stand before you, a people who acknowledge your goodness in us and want to reproduce your goodness in the world. As you've been generous to us, we want to be generous to those who you have put in our lives. For it's your name we pray. Amen. Have a seat. Man, well, we're so glad that uh, you've chosen to be here today because we have an opportunity this morning to celebrate some things. Uh, if you've not been around our church for a while, we'll catch you up on something. Back in February, we participated in something we called Generosity Sunday. And uh, we collected an offering that day that we told the church anything that was given would be going straight back out into uh, our community, into ministries, uh, to bless people, to serve in some different ways. None of it would go toward paying our bills or our staff or for buildings or anything like that. But all of the money that you gave on that Sunday was going out. And so periodically we've tried to update the church on some different things that that money has gone to do to be a blessing to other people. We want to share two things with you this morning uh, that you can kind of be caught up on what God's been doing through your generosity and through his grace as he's used us to give and to bless other people. And so I want to tell you one story, and then I'm going to invite a friend to tell you another story. Um, but the first thing we want to tell you about is a, a family named Joe and Sandy Barker uh, who started a ministry in Nicaragua that they call FISH. FISH stands for Families Involved Serving Humanity. And uh, through their ministry, they're serving through Nicaragua, but they are, uh, they've built a, a shelter for women and kids, and they serve in their community in various ways, just being the hands and feet of Christ. Now, Joe and Sandy... Uh, everything that they do is on a volunteer basis. None of the money that we sent to them went toward their salary or anything. They were able to take everything that we sent to them on that day um, and bless other people through it. And so we just want to share a couple of quick stories with you. You can see a picture here of some of the, the kids and the women who live at the shelter uh, that's there in, uh, in Nicaragua. But a couple of stories. One is that we were able to help with food and clothing for a, a lady named Elena, uh, who is a grandmother with her four grandchildren. Uh, to help provide clothing and food for them. Another need that we met was for medicine for a lady named Vicenta. I believe there's a picture of her uh, just to get some medical help for her and to provide some medicine. Uh, another man named Felipa, who we paid for, uh, for the ability to take the taxi uh, and get to cancer treatment centers so that he could have his cancer treated. And he was able to get transportation through the money that they were able to bless him with as we gave to them. Uh, we also helped provide food for a widow with dementia, um, there were school supplies that were met and given for uniforms for the kids in the shelter there. And so they're able to, to use those things to go to school. And as you kind of see those rotating through. Uh, and then the last one was for welding supplies for building materials to make their shelter even better so that they can continue the long-term service of people in Nicaragua through Fish Ministries. And so we just wanted to make sure that you were aware today of some of those things and the blessing that God has been. Uh, in another part of the world through your generosity. And so thank you, church, so much for the way that you sacrificially give to bless other people. Uh, now I want to introduce you to someone uh, that's going to come up. He's from Morristown. His name is Tim. His wife is here with him, Tim and Donna Veely. Uh, Tim works with an organization called Harvest of Israel uh, there in Morristown. He's a member of First Baptist Church in Morristown. But Tim recently had an opportunity to go to Israel on a mission trip. And the funds that we provided helped pay for that trip to be able to go. And so he's going to share with you a little bit this morning about the ministry that he and his team were able to do and the long-term support that they are trying to bring to that organization in Israel and the way that they're giving an opportunity from God to be a blessing to people there. And so would you please give a warm welcome this morning to Tim Veely. Thank you, Bill. 
First, let me uh, let me thank Joel for the invitation to come and uh, speak with you this morning. Phil, on the other hand, told me that I could speak for 40 minutes, but you would leave after 20 minutes. So, uh, which is good for me because usually when I speak, people leave after five minutes. So I feel like I've got an extra 15 minutes. Um, this trip was uh, there was nine of us, three couples and three other individuals, and we went to Pardes Hana, Israel. We were invited uh, to visit and stay in a, if you can imagine, a Greek Orthodox children's home. Now, you have to envision nine Southern Baptists in a Greek Orthodox children's home. It's not the routine. It's not norm. We've got a video for you. Um, You folks, as you watch what happened here, you helped sponsor that. The individual team members paid for their own travel. Of course, you know there's other items that... That other expenses that were incurred, and you helped do that. And so we're going to roll the video, and then we've got a few comments for you. In May of this year, God opened a door for a team of nine Southern Baptist Gentiles, representing Harvest of Israel, to visit Neva Michael, a Jewish Orthodox children's home in Harvest Hana, Israel. This brief video tells the story of our incredible journey. After several hours of flight and airport layovers, we arrived in Tel Aviv around midnight to be met by a lovely welcoming committee. Of our nine team member volunteers, five had previously traveled to Israel, but none had ever received an invitation to visit a Jewish Orthodox children's home, and we truly considered this a great honor. As stated, Neva Michael is located in Padreshkana, a city of 29,000, which is 30 miles north of Tel Aviv. The village, as it's commonly called, consists of 19 buildings, which includes 10 houses for children, a kitchen and dining hall, a library, a music hall, an art building, a synagogue, and administrative offices. Through these facilities, the school offers classroom education through the 8th grade, after which time the students attend high school in the Padres High community. Prior to our trip, the questions were numerous. What should we expect? What do they expect of us? With our primary goal being the building of relationships, how are these relationships going to be achieved with the staff and especially the children? As none of the team members spoke Hebrew, we considered ourselves at a great disadvantage concerning the potential language barrier. But, through all of our questions, we moved forward knowing that God would provide. Concerning the children at the village, we were informed they come from a variety of backgrounds. Many are victims of verbal and or physical abuse, Some have even witnessed bloodshed of their own family members. We met several at-risk children, most needing regular psychological counseling. One of these children, we'll call Joe, had a special message for Don Owen about the A-team. invitation was provided by Hava Levine, the director of the children's home. In a meeting in 2016 with Don Owen and Del Schneidman, Hava extended an invitation for a team to visit the village and had the opportunity to interact with the children, which number around 120. And interact we did. Our team split up to be assigned four different houses after being asked by Yihain, the children's therapy services director, to interact with the children during playtimes, therapy times, 
and meals with them each and every night. These dinners greatly assisted the team in getting to know the children and staff members. We also participated in a holiday celebration while there. As a part of the ritual, they would build large bonfires, play music, and roast marshmallows. Our team had many conversations with Hala in an effort to better understand the workings of the school and to obtain a greater insight into the school's overall goals. Hala, along with her daughter Rachel, possessed a true passion for the continued success of the school and the benefit derived by the children. Hava informed us that the school's purpose is to provide for the children's physical, mental, and spiritual needs. From the team's observance of the children, it was quite evident that the school was successful in meeting these needs. Some children have special physical and emotional needs to the extent that they must be addressed by both internal and external professionals. Yihaim, the Director of Children's Services, informed us that many individuals and organizations visit the village, make a few comments, and leave a check. We were told to be the first that actually spent time in order to better understand the difficulty in operating a children's home of this magnitude. Imagine nine advanced and aged Southern Baptist men and women trying to compete in basketball and soccer with these young kids, ages 8 to 14. Fortunately, the team only suffered a few pulled muscles and minor bruises. We did soon discover that even our unskilled athletic abilities aided us in our efforts to build the relationships. One other avenue in addition to sports was food. Kids are the same worldwide when it comes to ice cream and pizza. Even pizza that features no pepperoni but substitutes corn. That's right, I said corn on the pizza. It was a first for most of our team members, but our eating skills easily outscored our athletic skills. A true highlight of the trip was the opportunity to participate in two Shabbat dinners. Each dinner was provided by a house mother and her assistance with four or five children present each evening. None of us will ever forget this wonderful Jewish tradition, coupled with the time spent with the children and our wonderful hosts. We also spent an enjoyable evening at the home of Hava and David, her husband, who was on two different occasions the mayor of Pagaskaya and once held a position as head of the Israeli Immigration and Naturalization Department. I mentioned our concern about the language barrier, which was most evident when we visited downtown Pagaskaya to locate a supermarket or when we, on two occasions, joined the Jewish community's Friday night synagogue services. In every instance, God placed an English-speaking person to guide us. He was truly watching over us. Our secondary goal was to assist the maintenance staff with some small projects. Our female team members painted trash receptacles, benches, and even the main room of our dorm. The men built a bike shed, a fence, several flower boxes, and some benches. Working with the maintenance staff was a true blessing. One of them even came to see us off at 2 a.m. in the morning, the day we departed. Two side notes. The team did enjoy two days of touring the Holy Land as we were unable to work on their Sabbath. This was not the multi-day tour offered by Harvest of Israel, but a quickly organized trip. It did provide an opportunity to walk where our Savior once walked and preached. What a wonderful experience, especially for those of us on our first trip to Israel. The team also had the pleasure of visiting with our friends at the Joseph Project. Jim and Tamara, staff members, provided information on the history and growth of the Joseph Project and their many partners in Israel, all providing some form of aid to Israeli residents who need assistance. Numerous types of items shipped from Morristown, Tennessee, via Harvest of Israel, are stored and distributed to all of the HOI partners from the Joseph Project warehouse. 
There was furniture, electronic equipment, mattresses, diapers, and many other items, some of which were headed to the Nana Michael Village. In summary, this short video cannot tell the full story of this trip. The blessings that each team member received are numerous. The memories of many of the children will last us a lifetime. Is this an open door? Yes. A door opened by God, and one we are so thankful we were able to enter. Uh, every time I enjoy seeing Mary on the trampoline, uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the video. I don't think we're going to send her to the Olympics this year, but maybe next after she practices some. We we titled this an open door because we truly believe, we truly believe that God opened this door. This is not something that, I mean, we, we talk about, and you'll hear us later on talk about some of the visitors that go there, but this is not the norm from the standpoint of uh, visits uh, to the children's home. Uh, we went to Pardes Hana, uh, again, uh, a short trip from Tel Aviv. It took us about two days to get there, and we were there for about 11 days, and we returned. It took us about one day. It's a little bit easier coming back than, than going there. The children's home... Um, was built, uh, actually founded in the 1940s, uh, 19 buildings. You can imagine what we saw, what you saw in the video, were pretty much the new buildings. Uh, there are some being 80 years old that are, are in desperate need of repair. Um, the, the, uh, the, the idea that this school, uh, village school, whatever you want to label it, has at-risk children, at-risk from... Uh, various activities in their life. Uh, even as the video identifies that some have even seen one parent killed or even both parent killed uh, or uh, bloodshed between two parents. And again, conversations with the counselors talk, in talking to them as far as a child uh, coming to live there and then taking maybe six, eight, 10, 12 months before you see any progress made as far as the issues that they that they have. Uh, Nevi Michael offers a number of different services for the kids, uh, and we truly believe that the kids are getting very, very good treatment there, uh, not only uh, from a physical standpoint, but also as far as uh, their mental capacity is concerned and also as far as their, their spiritual needs. Let's go to the next slide. Visitors. Um, the difference I want to make there is the fact that what exactly what was said. Some go there, they talk to a couple of kids, and they drop off a check, and they feel like they've met their obligation. Uh, the uh, director of children's services told us that we were the first group that actually spent some time with the kids. Uh, and we, when we say spent some time, we were in, we we did not live with them. We had a separate building as far as the nine of us were concerned, but. We spent time in their while their their play times during dinner. Dinner was special because you got the ability you had the ability to sit and chat with them, learn about them. They asked us, "Do Americans love Israel?" And we confirmed that we do. And uh, there were some other questions, political questions that I won't go into today, but they had those also. Next slide. Language barrier. We had a language barrier. None of us spoke uh, speak Hebrew. Some of the people did over there, but uh, it was very seldom that you ran into someone. But uh, you saw Joe there in, in the video. His name was really not really Joe. Joe was from England, 
and that's why I spoke such good English. Um, my eight partners in this trip put him up to that little session that you saw there. I was certainly one of the hardest working people there. I'm sure you can imagine that. But uh, Joe uh, was in London with his parents. A lot of abuse towards Joe and his mother. His mother escaped, and after a couple of months went back and got Joe out. And Joe, was she was not able to control Joe in Israel, so she put him in the home. And Joe is is one of the people that was in a segregated session, a section of the uh, of the village from the standpoint of not letting those children on a regular basis participate with the other kids that were at the village. And uh, we really, all of us really fell in love with Joe. He was really someone that we really uh, got attached to. I mentioned trip to the supermarket because we went there. Uh, I was so happy to find the name Lipton. I knew Lipton meant tea, so we were looking for tea. But when you go through a store and you can't read anything, uh, the pictures don't help a great deal. But I found Lipton also. We went up to check out, and the lady said something about membership. So I knew it was a club. So I told her I had my Sam's Club card, and that didn't carry much weight. So we went to another section, another checkout. And uh, luckily, and, and I say this because every place we needed someone to speak English, God placed someone there. It was really unbelievable that the times that this occurred, and someone stepped up and, and helped us. Next slide. Our secondary goal, you saw us working, and we built some benches, some boxes, we painted some, whatever. Uh, they, there was not a great deal of trust as far as us handling power tools or whatever. And over the time frame that we were there, 11 days, they did agree that we could do certain things, and they allowed us, but we could have done a lot more. But that was not our primary goal. Our primary goal was building relationships from the first meeting the, the planning session that we had on this trip, we talked about relationships, relationships, relationships. You don't need to go to build benches and boxes. We needed to go to build relationships. And this is exactly what we, what we tried to lay a foundation for those relationships. And we feel like we did. Um, it, it was difficult from the standpoint that we did not know what to expect, but they did not know what to expect from us. So it was extremely uh, difficult the first first couple of days. You talk about uh, breaking the ice. The activity at the basketball court and the soccer court helped us break the ice. You could get you know, shoot a little basketball, kick a soccer ball, and, and have conversations with them, and that really helped. And then food. We were much better at eating than we were playing games. So uh, sitting across the table again, those dinners was were extremely helpful. But when you build a foundation, when you lay a foundation, how do you build on that? Well, we're looking at three different avenues. Uh, first, it would be the additional team visits. We've got another team hopefully to go in October. If any of you are interested, you might want to contact us. But we hope to send another team of about 10 people in October. Uh, we can't go over there and start this relationship and then just not do anything. We have to build on it. God's giving us this opportunity, and we must, must build on it. The other thing is continued communications. We can, through the director of the program, text them or email them. She will validate it's coming from a trusted individual, and then she would pass the message on to a child. So we do have that avenue, although extremely limited. The other thing is expressions of love. 
this is something that, and I'll show you the next few slides. There's about uh, nine of us, uh, eight men, one, uh, one female, that we went into the shop that we have available to us, and we built ten sets of cornhole games. And you can see, there we are in the shop. There's the design we put on the uh, cornhole boards. I love the design because look at the unity between the two flags. And that's something we really uh, cherish. Here's one of the boards we built with some of the men. And the lady that is the treasurer of the uh, HOI, Harvest of Israel, she made these bags. She made 80-plus bags. Again, it takes 80 for uh, 10, 10 games. Her mother died two years ago, and this material was in her attic, and she had no idea what it was going to be used for. And I say to people, God was two years ahead of us. Next slide. A promise kept. There's a lady who came to us and said, we were, we were working on this bench that went around this huge tree. And she came to us, and she had helped us all during the, the visit. And she brought this picture, and she said, Tim, can, can you build this? And, and I looked at it, and I said, well, it's just a, a planter that looks like a wheelbarrow, a wooden planter that looks like a wheelbarrow. And I said, yes, we can build that. And uh, I said, how many do you need? And she said, three. And she said that uh, as if she'd like to have one, but boy, she'd get three. It would really be great. Well, I labeled this a promise kept because we told this lady we build this, we would build this. And that those three planters and all the cornhole boards went, were shipped last, a week ago Saturday on the 25th container that we've sent to Israel. And so we call that a promise kept. Next slide. Why harvest of Israel? Well... God gave us the instructions. Look at the next slide. See what it says. I will bless them that bless thee. Genesis 12:3. God told us this. He told Abram this when he was speaking of Israel. So we take that as part of our instructions. Also, we see on the next slide that Paul, when he's talking to the Gentile churches, said, we, you've got a responsibility. If the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to their material things. And we have been doing this for the last couple of years. Uh, this year, every month, and I think pretty much last year, we have sent a 40-foot container filled with anything from mattresses to diapers to medical equipment to clothing to shoes. Uh, most of this is donated. Um, we spend about $10,000 on these containers from the standpoint that it takes a, it costs us about four to five thousand to buy the items that are not donated. Again, a lot of things are donated. The other five thousand, four, four to five thousand, is on on shipping cost uh, that we have to uh, incur. But it, it is uh, again, we're taking God's instructions and trying to follow those. Three pillars of harvest of Israel: educational seminars. We try to emphasize the importance of Israel. Second thing would be the Harvest of Israel tours. Our minister takes uh, people on tours. The proceeds from those tours help fund uh, the other activities of Harvest of Israel, especially the container shipments. Uh, back in February, he took 28 pastors. He told his statement to us was it was like some of them were like kids in a candy store. They had never been to Israel. They, uh, the idea of walking where God walked. Just It was just uh, extremely uh, important to them. 
And then the support, the container shipments, again, we shipped our 25th last Saturday. If you ever want to participate in that, uh, I'm sure Joe gets all of our emails. You can come down on Saturday morning. We get there at 745. We have some instructions. We pray. They give us two hours to load the container. At the end of those two hours, when that container's loaded, we pull it out in the parking lot. We all put our hands on the container, and we pray over it. Harvest of Israel, wide range of support. We have, we have groups now that want to fill an entire container uh, down in Louisiana and Texas. Uh, they've just started over the last several months or year. We have a new pastor up in Indiana says he wants to do the same. Now, it takes, a, uh, it takes a tremendous amount of resources to do that. But that's what I like about Harvest of Israel. If you look at the second bullet point, various levels of support. You don't have to load a container. You might just want to send a package of diapers, anything like that. So it goes from a package of diapers up to the full container. But this program is, is great from the standpoint that it is very it is beneficial. And we'll talk about Joseph Project here in a second. But they, they distribute to 150 different organizations in Israel, and the children's home being one of them. But I, I love the support level that you can just enter at any level and help us uh, follow God's instructions. I put this in there as a reminder to Tim. Tim's getting old. His, his memory doesn't work as well. But 1263, uh, they were asking for people in Israel said that they really need the school supplies, the kids that were getting ready to go back to school. So uh, our treasurer went out and just started raking things off of the Walmart shelves, putting them in three different baskets, four different baskets, whatever. She finished, she went up to the cashier, and they were going to check out, and the cashier was going, 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 and the tape, the machine stopped because they had too many items. So she ended up with three different tapes. So they took everything home. Uh, I think the day day later she added all of it up, and it came up to $1,263. So some people and some organizations had given her checks. She got the checks up, checks out. She added them up. It was $1,263. Now, if, if if you don't think God's in the details, you better give that another thought. Next slide. As I mentioned, the Joseph Project, they are the warehouse, the storage for all of the items that we send, and then they distribute. These are Messianic Jews, Jews that believe in Christ. They are trying to get the message out, and what the message is, that, and the process is that as they distribute material goods, they get the opportunity to express the love of God. Just as simple as that working together with Christian partners for the physical and spiritual restoration of Israel. When you read in the Bible and you talk about what is scheduled to happen to Israel, the people are coming back in groves. The population, um, if I remember correctly, in 1948, it was about 6 million, and now it's about 8.6 million. That it's growing substantially. By providing for physical needs and opportunity to address the spiritual needs may arise. Next slide. Why harvest of Israel? Genesis 12:3. Again, I will bless those that bless thee. God's instructions to us. And then why visit a Jewish Orthodox children's home? 
One of our team members asked the question, do we know which generation will convince the Jewish nation to turn to Christianity? Do we know that? No, we don't know that. Would it be the kids that we're talking to, the kids that we're trying to build a relationship with? It may be. It may be the next generation. We don't know. But God's opened the door, and we're stepping through. So it is important to us to build on these relationships. It's not going to be the easiest task in the world because of the distance, whatever. But we were going to work hard to do that. Again, thank you for the opportunity this morning. If you have any questions, I'll be glad to try to answer them for you later on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. We're going to ask you to stay here for just a second. I want to pray over you. And uh, just thank you so much for letting us know about your ministry and things that are going on, the things that God's doing there, and, and, uh, and how we can partner even more in the future for well, that. And so. You're a part of that. You participated in this project, and we have others coming up. Hopefully you'll be able to join with us. Yeah. We love that, that, uh, that the idea of having multiple churches participate in the process. Absolutely. And by the way, you have contributed in a lot of those ways. We have sent teams to load containers. I think Bill and Bill went with us to load a container one time. Uh, you've donated items that have been on those container ships to Israel. Uh, you've given money for mission trips like this. And so our church has partnered with them, and, and we hope to continue partnering with them in different ways. But uh, if you want more information about Harvest of Israel, we certainly can get you more about, about that. And Tim will be able to answer those questions as well. But let's just pray for you and uh, the ministry there. And so we continue success that God gives you guys to continue to be a blessing to the people of Israel. So church, why don't you join with me and pray. Father, thank you so much for Harvest of Israel. Thank you for, uh, for Tim and for Donna and them coming today to share with us about what you're doing there. We pray, God, that you would just continue to open doors for people to have an opportunity to hear about the love of Jesus for them. Uh, that they are a spiritual people, a people who, uh, who recognize God, but who have not recognized and understood Jesus as the Savior, the Messiah that they've been waiting for. And so we just pray for, uh, for that generation to come along that will know Christ and follow Him. And that through ministries like Harvest of Israel and the Joseph Project and others, that there will be people who are able to hear the gospel and present the gospel so that, uh, that the world may be changed as a result. We love you so much, God. Thank you for a morning to celebrate and worship together. And we ask that you bless our time now, even as we go through the rest of our day, uh, to be encouraged, even through what Tim said, that the relationship is the important thing. What's important is we go from this place into our world relationships. And so we want to be a people who are relational, who love our neighbors, who love you, and who take care of one another. We love you, God. We trust you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.